Good afternoon and welcome to New Beginning Radio, where we are planting seeds today for a better tomorrow, walking you out of the darkness and into the light. Not only are we talking about the issues, but we are finding solutions for the problems that we deal with every day. And joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Sheldon Gooch. Mr. Gooch, how are you today? I'm doing great, Miss Sanders, and I know you are as well. And I'm glad to be back with you, and I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us again. Uh, this is the final part of a three-part series where we are interviewing the beautiful Miss Colleen Sanders. And you have heard part one, which was December 14th, of the childhood, the life and times of Colleen Sanders growing up in the rural community of Caseyville, Mississippi. And then you've heard part two of the struggle and some of the dark times when after her mother passed, the abuse that she endured, which led her to multiple suicide attempts and how God intervened in his sovereignty and saved her life for the season she is now in. So we're going to take a quantum leap. <laughs> that big, huh? <laughs> 40 years. <laughs> and talk about your ministry. And, and suffice it to say that you, you had many years of success that no one would have predicted. People tell you all the time, you, look how you turned out on me. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of that one. <laughs> like, they wasn't expecting me to turn out well. Well, they weren't. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't. That's true. And so now they see you and they say, wow, look at you. And look at all that you're doing. And for someone to have gone through what you've gone through and to have had the beginnings that you had, mm -hmm. to be able to stand and say, I've made millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I've had companies in other countries. Mm -hmm. I've stood before presidents and vice presidents. Mm -hmm. I have been I have been the first in many categories. Mm -hmm. The first female, first black, first black female uh, in many categories. One of the few very successful government contractors, particularly you know, minority contractors. Mm -hmm. Just all of these exploits, many years of successful sales and insurance, and utilizing the strengths and insights and wisdom of mentors and friends. But now look at you. You're a queen. <laughs> no, we can go that far. <laughs> you know, um, there has been a lot, <clears throat> a lot of success uh, in the insurance industry. Uh, I give that <laughs> I give that great honor as a friend to Joe Price, uh, who saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, you know, and, and, you know, he taught me how to fish for myself. And one of the things that he told me, he says, um, if I can teach you how to fish, you would never have to work for a person in your life. Mm. And I said, really? Because I didn't have the confidence in myself. You know, I've done some things, but I didn't have the confidence in knowing that I could do great things. And the experience that I had in the insurance industry, walking up to the door and forgetting my name, was the most powerful thing <laughs> that happened to me because it made me realize if I forget my name, 
somebody else have already forgotten me. And I am, you know, thinking, okay, I got to get up and go out the next day. And I just kept getting up, going out, getting up, going out. Even though I, I felt I didn't have the ability to do certain things, this person, this, this angel that God sent to lead me in the direction that I needed to go and said, let me believe in you until you're able to believe in yourself. And I remember going home and saying, why does this man believe in me so much? And he don't want anything from me. He's so respectful of me. What is wrong? You know, because I've been used to being bit, beaten down. Um, and so just being inspiring, him inspiring me in so many ways that, to build my confidence so I could go and do the things I needed to do. And so doing that successful in insurance, um, Retired from it in 1999 and and travel all over the world. I was in 39 different states in one year, you know, traveling and in other countries just wasting money <laughs> because I had, you know, I had did a lot and, and decided now uh, actually investing some money with who is my business partner now. In a, a finance, he was a financial advisor with American Express. And I remember one day he telling me, you keep traveling like this, you're not going to have a dime in two years. And I'm like, no, I got money. <laughs> but as fast as I was spending, just going to have a good time, doing nothing, you know, just really bothered me, really bothered me because I had spent $20,000 less than a week and a half. You know, that really bothered me. At the moment, it didn't. And so I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, okay, I, I got to get this money back because it just kept bothering me. I had to get the money back. And so right, met a friend of mine that with, with an insurance um, security firm and went to talk to him. And one of the things, he's never called me back. I'm like, you can't call me back. I'm dressed nice. I know what I'm doing. I can sell. And so she called me back and told me, he said, she said, I don't think he's going to hire you because he thinks you're uppity. And I'm like, uppity? I said, I'm not uppity. And she said, well, he thinks you are. And so it just motivated me because I went back to my younger days when people say you're nothing, you're not going to be anything and all this. And it just stayed in my head. And one of the things I wanted to do, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I went back and asked her, I said, could you take me out? She says, yes. So she took me out. She gave me the, the basic. I went home. I had a 5,000 um, database of people in my uh, insurance people that I had. And I just started calling the ones in Vicksburg where I knew. And I started giving them free home security system. Said, but you got to pay $32.95 a month. I said, but we're going to install it free. So I went and blocked, I went and did 10, and they was telling you how much aid credit was and all that, end up doing that, and um, taking it to him. And he said, hey, how can I help you? And I'm looking at here, it's like, no, it's what I can do for you that you don't know nothing about. And so I told him, I said, I have 10 applications you told me you give. Um, Tina told me that you would give on 600 credit score an A. Then I'll make $300. I said, I have 10 with a credit. I said, now I can take them and give them to you, or I can take them down the street to the other company that I've already talked to. He said, are you serious? And I said, of course I am. So he sit there and he listened 
to the, the call, the, the 1-800 number, and their credit score what I said it was. And I said, well, let me just show him how to do this. So he had a 30-day calendar, and I blocked out every day on the 30-day cal calendar, except that's on Sundays. And so and it got so much from what one person was doing, uh, the other people couldn't even get their business on the board because I wanted to show you that that I'm good at what I do, you know. And so we did that. I and, and he got to the point thinking I was going to take over his business, which I didn't even think about. I didn't have it in my head, no nothing. And he was telling everybody she's going to take over my business. That was not even on my mind, you know, of doing anything like that. And so I remember one day he came to my house and he told me, he said, well, I want you to know that I've heard people say you're going to take over my business. And I said, no, it's, it's not that serious. And he said, well, I'm telling you, I'll stop you from doing anything you want to do. He mm -hmm. does not know that that motivated me. Mm -hmm. And I, I ended up saying, okay, whatever you say. But during that time, I put a plan together and I said, well, let me go out and see how much I can, you know, security that I can sell. So I made 87 presentations, made $127,000. And when I did that, I knew that I was going to do something different. And so I put the $20,000 back into my account and I asked my business partner now, would you like to go in business with me based on these numbers and the things I already done? And he said, sure. And so I became the first woman-owned ADT authorized dealership in the state of Mississippi. And going from there to get into the governor, uh, government arena where I was the first to have a security contract with the federal government, a woman, uh, Lion Care Service, that was a female, that was black, um, facility management, that was a black female, um, Camp Chevy Food Service, 450 employees, the first black ever in the history of Camp Chevy. You know, and it just went on and on and on. And different opportunities came up where now I am going to another country that's called Saranam and ended up doing business there with the government. And not only doing business with him, sitting down at the table with the vice president of the country. And it just took me back to what my mother used to say is that you're going to have, you're going to be sitting at a big table and there's going to be a big angel over you and, and that you're going to be sitting down with presidents and vice presidents of other countries. You're going to have business all over everywhere. You're going to give away houses and cars and all this stuff. So as far as the cars, I've given my brother's cars. I have... Uh, Giving my sister cars, my daughter car, my grandson a car. It goes on and on. Yeah, you're giving away some cars. <laughs> yeah. And ended up uh, buying my daughter a house a few years ago because I no longer wanted her or the kids to live in an apartment. And, I'm, you know, since I'm paying for the apartment note anyway, I may as well take that money and, and buy a house. And that's what I did. I ended up buying a house for, for the kids. Um, so God has been good to me. He has blessed me. Mm. But one of the most important things from going to Suriname, after traveling there five or six different times, I remember there was a, a race um, for presidency and one of the gentlemen that was running was my friend, was our, our friend. And um, 
going there talking to him. And I remember they invited, him and his wife invited us over for, to watch the, the championship volleyball. And we went over. And as I, we were driving there, I started feeling this thing in the bottom of my stomach. And everybody knows me, so everybody goes, Colleen, if you're not going in there, I'm not going in either. <laughs> and I said, I said, no, everything is going to be fine. I said, I don't know why I feel so emotional. And so when I pulled, we pulled up and got out, the way that they are, they ask you to take off your shoes. So we take off our shoes, we go in and we sit down, and I become so emotional. And I'm sitting there, and a friend of mine sitting there too, Chuck DeBow, and Chuck is looking at me, and Chuck says, you okay? I said, something is getting ready to happen. I don't know what it is. He said, let me get out front of the door. <laughs> so Chuck wanted to move out front of the door. And I said, it's not that. And so the phone rang for the, uh, the guy that was running for president. And he was talking to him in Dutch. And I'm like, oh, wow, what is he saying? And then his wife, who is my friend, she says, uh, she was talking to him in Dutch, and they were just talking together in Dutch, and we're sitting there, and I have no clue what they're saying, except the other two business partners who was their uncle. They knew exactly. And so she said, no, he said, do you all mind? There's a group of people from Miami. They always come through, but they haven't been here in a while, and they want to come and pray for my success. And we said, no, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. And so about 30 minutes later, I'd forgotten all about them. And then I became calm. And we was watching the game. And all of a sudden, I felt chills that run over my body. And I'm like, oh, my God. I said, oh, my goodness. I kept saying, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And I have a business partner on both sides of me, and both of them getting ready to run because they don't know what I'm feeling. And I'm like, I'm okay. They said, you okay? I said, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. And so it was five people that came in that room. It was an older lady. I will never forget her. She had on, if you remember Miss Butterworth, she had on those type of clothes. And she had her head, hair up in the band, like Miss, my mother used to wear her hair like that. Mm -hmm. And when she came through the door, she looked at me, and she could not stop looking at me. And then they, whoever the person was that makes sure that she gets around to everybody, her assistant, she says, can we all stand? So we all stood and we held hands. And the older lady just prayed. And all while she was praying, she was looking me directly in my face. I'm not watching and praying. I mean, and everybody looking at me, wondering why am I crying, but I was feeling her. Hmm. And after it was over, everybody still standing around. It was a powerful prayer. And everybody was standing around. She walked up to me and put both her hands on my cheeks. And she kissed me on both sides of my cheek. And she says, do you mind? And I said, no. 
and she hugged me. I mean, she hugged me, and she whispered in my ear, and she said, wherever there's darkness, I make sure you have light. And I almost passed out. Wow. Because it's the last thing that my mother said to me before she passed. Wow. And everybody in that circle, my business partner, everybody knew that. And everybody heard that. Mm. <laughs> and everybody was holding me in my back to keep me from falling. I was about to pass out. I was just standing there just shaking. And she looked at me, she pulled away from me, she put her hands back on my face, and she says, wherever you go, God will be with you, and you're gonna touch many lives. She said, that's what Geneva said. And I fell to my knees. I know, ooh. I fell to my knees. Wow. I fell to my knees. But that was the most amazing day that was the most amazing wow. day. And I'm like, oh my God, how do you know this? How do you know this? But that's exactly what she said to me. Mm. And she said, because Miss Geneva said so. Wow. And I lost my balance and fell to my knees. I've never had that experience in my whole life until that day. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. It's powerful. So now you're an ordained minister. Yes, sir. Okay, so at some point you decided to be in ministry or you just responded to the call. You know, many years I have been running. You know, you can run so long there's nowhere to hide. And I know when God is speaking to me and I kept saying, I don't think you're talking to me. <laughs> you know, and I remember a few years ago that you know, I've always talked about God. I've always talked about His blessing, His gifts, and all the things that He's done for me. I always talked about that. And one of the things that I would always do is when something hurt me inside, I would go to work. I would just go to work. Because I was told if you go to work, you can pay your light bill, your phone bill, and all those things that they could cut off or take. And I used that as a way of coping with things that happened sure. in my life. Of course. You know, and I didn't know anything other than, any other thing to do, I should say, than to do that. Because I know that when you make a decision about life or anything, there is only going to be a good decision or a bad decision. And I never, to this day, even though my mom is gone more than 40-some years, I still do not want to disappoint my mother. And and I know that it's easy when you're hurting to get involved, do things you're not supposed to do, get involved in drugs, get involved with alcohol, or just go down a destructive path. And that is something I never wanted for myself or for my children, a grand, my, my daughter, my grandchildren, to say, look at my grandmother, you know. Um, or somebody come and tell them, you know, your grandmother did this, or, you know, or your grandmother's no good, or, you know, to put that seed in their head of thinking that I have no value or them being ashamed of me. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I knew to do was to go to work right. because the negative thing wasn't an option. 
it was go to work because I never seen my mom go to the jig house or hang out with, you know, people doing bad things. I've never seen that. So I never knew what any of that was like. And I definitely did not want to put it on my children or my grandchildren. So I just got busy and went to work. And so as time went on up until 2016, I decided that there was something that I needed to do, but I wasn't sure what that need was. I mean, I was sitting talking about you know, going, doing things, but I know what to do. I used to pray, Lord, show me what I need to do. And I remember one time going to visit a friend of mine that was having a conference, and one of the, one person didn't show up. So she had like 35, 40 minutes in gap time that she had all those people there and nobody to tell a story or to do anything because it was all, all women conference. So it wasn't anybody there. And so the Spirit of the Lord said, go tell your story. And I said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, you're not talking about me. You're talking about somebody else. And so I kept saying, I can't, I don't know if I can do this. I just don't know if I can do this. So I got so nervous, I went in the bathroom and, and you know, and I'm just like sick as a dog. And so I just... All of a sudden, there was a calmness came because I started thinking about stuff that my mom said. And it was just running. Stuff was just running through my head. As long as you do your best, your best is good enough. Mm -hmm. right. And I remember walking out, telling her, I said, you know enough about my story and things I've gone through. Just introduce me. I said, I go tell my story. Right. And I went and told my story. And it was amazing because people came up to me and started talking about, oh my God, this happened to me. I thought I was the only one. And then people started coming from nowhere. And then people started saying, where is that lady that spoke yesterday? You know, and just, right. just different things. And the pastor of Emmanuel Church of God in Christ uh, heard that. And they asked me if I would come speak to their people, right. to their church. And I said, sure. So I went there to do that, and um, I came home, and I called the first lady and asked her about teaching the class. She said, I would love for you to come. And so ended up teaching a 12-week class, you know, and every day, I would, every Saturday, I would go there and come home. And every, that drive home was a long drive because I'm sitting there thinking about everything that I'm saying and I'm asking God please please help me don't allow me to say anything that's going to be damaging to the people that's there and so every time that I would get home he would give me a vision and I kept writing my vision down he would give me what I need to talk about the next day that's how my curriculum came you know and it finally said the nine forms of abuse I said nine forms of abuse and so I started researching it and it started talking about nine forms of abuse. And so I just started to write a curriculum around that. And we went through the whole class. We actually had a full graduation and with caps and gown. And people were saying, this is unheard of that you have a graduation like this with caps and gown. But that's something that we did. Very successful, moved out of that and did some other things.
Hmm. Fantastic. Well, listen, we're going to take a very quick break and we'll return right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a really good read, one that will encourage you and inspire you, I encourage you to pick up The Legacy of Geneva, The Gift of a Mother's Wisdom, written by the beautiful Miss Colleen Sanders, who took the wisdom of her mother, the late Geneva Williams, and put all of her precious nuggets in a book. Her mother passed early and left her to raise nine brothers and sisters. Before Geneva Williams left, she warned Colleen of the harm and the abuse that would soon come her way in the absence of her mother. And it did happen. But she remembered all of the wisdom that her mother poured into her and it became her means of survival. Thousands have benefited from the wisdom as Colleen has shared with so many others. And now she has launched Legacy 1000 and that is to put 1000 of these books into the prison for incarcerated females, 79% of whom have also gone through various forms of abuse. Pick up your copy today on Amazon.com. All proceeds go to support Geneva Foundation. You'll be glad you did, and we thank you for your support. So now you're an ordained minister. Yes. And... um. God has called you to make a difference. I believe so. Well, tell us about the classes that you're going to be doing in January. I know that um, so many women have said, when you have another class, please include me. Let me know. I want to be a part of it. And um, tell us about that class. Well, we are very excited about 2020, you know, because... um, I look at that as my 2020 vision. And in that 2020 vision, someone asked me in the office the other day, how did you come up with 2020? And I said, well, you know, I look at my eyesight and it should always be a 2020. Of course it's not, (laughs) but I look at it. I started out with a 2020 vision, you know, and as life moves on, there are changes in your life. That vision changed, different Mm -hmm. things change, you know, and my goal for One of the goals that I have for this year is to change the lives of women, not just uh, women over 30 and 40 and 50, but younger girls as well. Because I believe when you catch a child in their young age, no matter um, what it is that they, they have gone through, they experience, they can change that process of negative things because I know many girls right now, several that I know personally, just have gone through so much in their young life. Either a parent has died, they've been put in foster home, or a father is no longer in their lives because that was a choice that he made. But yet and still, that child still needs substance. They need to be able to not only understand first while father leaves the child, you know, but the parent that dies and you're being raised in foster care, you know, and a lot of times we think we're just, I'm gonna get emotional. We are at the, the end 
nobody cares. Nobody seems to want to do, you know, do anything for me. And we get caught up in the same kind of people that we are. We don't step up to people that are going in a direction that we want to go mm -hmm. because we don't know how. <clears throat> right. But yet and still, we're more comfortable in that same arena. And, and when I say the same arena, not making ends meet, can barely get from one place to the other. You get in a habit of doing that that's all you know and that's all you're comfortable with right. even though you may want to go to another place how do i do that and so i almost said my job my responsibility for anybody that wants to do something different is to be an asset to their life instead of a liability mm -hmm. that's what the foundation plans to do in 2020. that's awesome what are the needs that you have right now? Oh, you know, a nonprofit organization always need money. <laughs> you know, someone. Well, to, I don't go back. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> someone to finance a project, even if it's ink uh, for a printer or the paper for the for the printer or or just whatever it takes to put binders together or to uh, say, hey, let me buy you a book of stamps. I know that sound like it's so, may, may be so small, mm -hmm. but those are things that's needed that cost money, right. you know, and for the last year or so, of course, we have, we've had donations that we've used for other things, but yet still, we still have a need. One of the needs is that have transportation. Mm -hmm. For young girls or, or women that not only want to come to the classes, but also want to go a little bit farther and, and go to church and have, and you know, we, they don't have any type of transportation to get there, right. but not just them, but for their children as well. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to create something that give them substance. I mean, when I say substance, I mean everything that they need, that right. checklist that they need. I may not can buy you a car, I may not can put you in a house, but I can give you the tools that you need to go and buy that house, that car, or whatever else that you need if you just allow me to do that. Right. And so, of course, we need support. So, you are available then to um, accept invitations to speak in churches, civic clubs, schools, organizations that might even be interested in supporting you, but would, would like to hear your story. Absolutely. Okay. All the time. Great. Great. Well, in closing, what is the one burning thought, the, 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 the compelling compulsion that's on the inside of you that uh, you just want to get out to the general public? You know, someone mentioned the great I am. And when the great I am give you a vision mm -hmm. or that cold drink of water that happens inside of you when you emerge to go and get things done, it is important that you not question him. Not worry about what friends, family, colleagues, or anybody else may say. Mm. That vision, that purpose is for you. Right. 
And if the great I am said move, you should have already been there when he when he fought in the cold drink of water to put chill bumps all over you. You said, I don't know if I was supposed to do this, but I know that I am. Right, you know. Right. But I think that's that's one of the things that I am paying more attention of this year is to structure myself in a way that I'm listening to him more. Mm, and right. that I'm that I'm understanding hmm, what he's saying to me mm. and to be able to use me to go and do what I need to do for someone else. Yeah. Because I know that I'm always serving. You are. That's how I get my, my blessings for myself is by being a, a service to somebody else. Right. And so I'm always looking to serve. Does it get tiring? Absolutely. Yeah. But I know that that's my gift and that's my purpose. Yeah. So as long as I understand what that is, then I will continue to do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Because the great I am is always there. Mm. And I can always depend on him, regardless of what happens in my life. Even when <laughs> it can be a little task. So I'm grateful for my life. Well, how can we get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me, www.GenevaFoundationInc.org or at 601-501-1587. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard part one and part two and now part three of the Colleen Sanders story. Be on the lookout for her book coming out called Where There Is Darkness, There Will Be Light. A beautiful book that uh, really highlights the life of Colleen Sanders and her mother, her humble beginnings to where she is now, a woman of God and a minister to so many women. It has truly been an honor for me to witness and be a part of this story. And we pray that it has blessed you, but more importantly, that God gets glory. We welcome all of your feedback and your comments. And if you have a testimony of how the program has blessed you, how God has blessed you, where you have come from being a victim or being troubled or abused or incarcerated, but God delivered you and set you free, we want to hear about it. So contact us. And if you would like to hear parts one and two of this three-part series, go to bbsradio.com slash newbeginnings and go to the archives and listen to this series as well as all previous shows. I can guarantee you, you'll be encouraged, informed, and most importantly, inspired. To God be the glory. Also, if you know a returning citizen, a transitioning citizen, someone who has been recently released from incarceration, and if that person needs guidance, I would love to hear from you at I'm Free Incorporated, I'mFreeInc.com, or the number is 601-773-7971. We pray for all of our listeners, and we pray that you have an incredible weekend and an awesome new year in 2020. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to New Beginnings Radio, where we are planting seeds today for a better tomorrow and helping you take positive steps toward your freedom. We're here every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as Monday morning at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We hope that you will join us. May you ever be delighted with the presence of our Lord as you continue in His will. Have a great week, everybody.